Good morning, Maranatha. It is time for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. Once again, we welcome you. We thank you for a Sunday morning sermon. Wherever you are in the world, anywhere in the United States, North America, South America, Asia, Europe, anywhere that you are, where you are here with us right now, thank you for gathering with us today. We want to bring you a message from the Word of God and therefore a message from the heart of God and the mouth of God. For all Scripture, the Scriptures teach us, are given by inspiration of God. Amen. And that word inspiration means God breathed. God breathed into that that clay shape He made and man became a living soul. I'm going to tell you the Word of God is quick and powerful. It's alive and it's life-giving today. So stay with us and let's get into life in this world so absolutely preoccupied with death and dying. Let's get a hold of that that is life and and grace and love and truth and hope and blessing. Let's get in the Word of God today. Amen. Now, you may think I'm going to just bring you a, a, a list of promises to bless. Well, I'm going to mention promises to bless today, but the blessing comes when, when some Things have to occur to allow for that blessing to come. That's why we're going to be talking today about sow in tears, reap in joy. That is the title of our message today, sow in tears, reap in joy, the positive result of true repentance, the positive result of true repentance. I want to just put some things before you today, before we turn to Psalm 32, uh, as we look at, at David sowing in tears and reaping in joy, how that principle worked in his life and how it can work in your life and mine and, and in everyone, uh, who will, who will really get a hold of this and let it get a hold of them today. Praise God. Listen. Who or what is really holding back a true revival in our day? I'm going to tell you what is not holding it back. (laughs) Not the extreme sinfulness we see in the world about us. Because God hath said, where sin abounds, my grace much more abounds. You know, the early disciples, when Jesus told the parable of the rich man uh, and the camel, he said it would be easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it would a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Not because there's something wrong with having things and if you use them for the glory of God and you give to the poor and you help others with what you have and you do not become a a possession of your possessions. He's not talking about that. He's talking about the fact that many people who are rich or self-sufficient because of that riches will not see the need to humble themselves and trust exclusively in God. And that is necessary for your sins to be forgiven. That is true repentance. Amen. And and they, they looked at him and said, well, Lord, who then can be 
saved. If, if this, if this sin of self-sufficiency is in all of us, not just the super rich, but all of us who lean to our own devices instead of humbly look to God. Who then can be saved? And Jesus said this, hallelujah, the things that are impossible with men are possible with God. There's nothing you see impossible with God because he can change the human heart from the inside out. Glory to God. Listen, friend of mine, where sin abounds, grace superabounds. This word that the much more is one Greek word and it means hyper or superabounds. There is grace sufficient for every sin to be forgiven that can be forgiven. There is an unpardonable sin. I understand that. But the, the vast majority of sins that abound today can and will be forgiven if there is true repentance. Many times we fail to witness as aggressively and as enthusiastically as we should because we've given up hope. It's just too dark out there. The sins have too heavy a grip. People are too gripped by their sin. I'll tell you, there's power in the blood of Jesus. There's power in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. We should be lifting up the name. Everybody's not going to be saved, but we should lift up the name of Jesus today like never ever before, because where sin abounds, his grace much more abounds. So it's not the extreme sinfulness that holds back revival. It's not the opposition of the devil. He said, Behold, I give you power over all the power of the devil. Take the whole armor of God, he says. Amen. And he says, Through his word, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Oh, it's not that. There's a lot of people in the Christian faith that have, that do not understand the power and purpose of the grace of God and the gospel, the good news of the grace of God through Jesus Christ. Amen. We don't see the power of that simple ancient message in spite of the sinfulness around us. And we don't see who we are and the power we have in, in opposing the enemy who has a, who has blinded the minds of men and women. But we have mighty spiritual weaponry that the scales may fall off of those eyes when we intercede for them and that they might see what they couldn't see, hear what they couldn't understand. Amen. It's not the opposition of the devil. And it's not the lack of souls in need of salvation. Jesus said the harvest is indeed plenteous, but the laborers are few. 
you know, I, I was praying one time for, for the, and, and here's what he said in, in, in relation to that. Pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send labors into the field. You know, I started to just, yes, by all means, Lord, send labors, send labors. And it just occurred to me, if I'm going to pray for God to send labors, and I'm a Christian with the testimony of Jesus, I need to simultaneously report for duty. Hallelujah. I, I, I love the book of Isaiah. Isaiah, Isaiah he, he said that I, I, I went into the temple in essence and the, 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 the glory of the Lord was in there and, and the, his train filled the temple and I saw the seraphim. I saw those ministering angels that minister in the presence of God. And, and I heard the Lord say, who will go for us and whom shall I send? And I said, send me. Here am I. Here am I. Send me. Praise God. The scripture said in the new covenant, how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall he go except he be sent. Here am I, send me. First he said, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Hallelujah. But he said, here am I. Here am I. And you know what God did to, to take away that guilt of not being holy enough, righteous enough to be used of God to bring his message and his truth. An angel took a coal from the altar and pressed it against his lips. Amen. If God can get, amen, his people into a place and a state of sanctification, positionally through the blood of Jesus Christ and personally through the cleansing of the water of the word. Amen. He can send us forth highly qualified, sanctified meat for the master's use. Praise God. And God can not only flow to us, he can flow through us and out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water up out of our inward man and out through our mouth and our testimony amen we are the key to this thing and the devil knows it because he knows amen the, the extreme sinfulness will not keep god from reaching out to every sinner and and calling them to repentance amen it's not his opposition as powerful and persuasive as he is for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down and the casting down of strongholds. Praise God. Not the lack of souls in need of salvation. The harvest is indeed plenteous, but the laborers are few. What qualifies us? We have a mandate from God, not just preachers and missionaries and evangelists, but every child of God to go into all of the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You may not be called to go to Africa or Asia or anywhere else out of the, out of your area. You may be called to your world where you come in contact with people day in and day out. This may be your calling. It is your calling if you're a Christian. Amen. 
to let your light so shine before men wherever that we are. Oh, friend, if there can be true repentance of sins of commission and omission, if God can bring us to a state of sanctification where we are sanctified and meet for the Master's use, there is no doubt that He's going to use us today. Amen. Like never ever before to reach men and women, boys and girls, with the good news of Jesus. Amen. Let's look at some principles here in Psalm 32 on this great subject. Sowing, sowing and reaping is what it's all about today, isn't it? We sow in tears. We reap in mercy. Listen to Psalm 32, how repentance brought such joy and such such absolute restoration to his life. He got his song back. Amen. Listen. Blessed is he, verse 1 of Psalm 32, Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him, and whose spirit there is no deceit. Blessed here as it's used many other times in the Old Covenant, means happy to be envied. How completely does God forgive even in the Old Covenant based on the blood of bulls and goats, a type of Christ to come? Let me, Psalm 103 says it this way, He hath not dealt with us, in verse 10, He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. <laughs> For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are but dust. God knows our weaknesses. And if we will find it in our heart to tap into the mercy that's offered us, the grace that is available to us, and allow God to sanctify us and make us a people meet for His use, Praise God. We're going to see a revival in the church that's going to help the church. I'm talking about the body of Christ, not a denomination or an organization, but a very real spiritual entity. Praise God. The church made up of every born-again believer. Hallelujah. Amen. Blessed is he whose transgressions are are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him, and in whose spirit there's no deceit or guile. Remember when Jesus said, truly, this is an Israelite in whom there is no guile, no deceit. God honors truth. The truth is there are times we need to repent. And if we will not, if we will not be deceitful or deceive ourselves into thinking that we can just, just 
circumvent that issue in our life instead of coming clean with God. You know, the scripture said, if we have, no, if we, <laughs> if we say we have no sin, we lie and do not the truth. But if we confess our sin, he's faithful. And he's justified in forgiving our sin. Amen. Because he does it on the basis of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Listen to what happened when we cover our sin or we conceal our sin and we fail to deal with it. Verse 3 and 4. It says, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. See, there was barrenness and there was bitterness. Oh, but when it brought him to a place of brokenness and repentance, look what happened. Let's look at the brokenness and repentance. Verse 5, it says, Then I acknowledge my sin to you. And did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. Selah. Listen to his instruction here in verse 6. He said, therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you while you may be found. Surely when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. There's scripture in, in Isaiah, might be 59, where it says, The enemy will come in like a flood when it occurs, when he attacks. <laughs> the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And he, listen to the spiritual references here. Surely when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. Hallelujah. And listen to his declaration in verse 7. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. And listen to God's response to David when he, when he repented, when restoration came to him. Listen to verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Don't be like the horse or the mule which have no understanding, but must be controlled by the bit and the bridle, or they will not come to you, oh, friend of mine. Don't, don't, don't let the, uh, don't, don't let, don't let this occur in your life. Don't let the pressure and pain of the bit and bridle be what God has to use to get you to come to Him or come back to Him. Come willfully. Come come with, with joy, knowing His mercy and His grace is available. His forgiveness is available. You know, the message of repentance is, is rejected in many circles today and by many believers today and most of the world today. It's a positive powerful message because it always results in restoration. Amen. Look at verse 10. It says, Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing 
love surrounds the man who trusts in Him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. Hallelujah. Rejoice and be glad, all you righteous. And sing, all you upright in heart. David got his song back. The joy has returned. He's traded the barrenness of sin for the beauty of forgiveness. Someone has said this very true fact. Historically, every true revival has been accompanied by joyous singing. You see, God's plan for rebellious Israel was not her destruction and David with Israel, but her instruction. Love is still intact from the first day of captivity down in Babylon. It was God's plan to save a nation, to restore the joy of salvation, to renew the songs of deliverance. Listen to to what happened when they returned to their land. Listen to Psalm 126, verses 1 through 6. When the Lord turned again, the captivity of Zion. <laughs> Hallelujah. We were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears. <laughs> that is true repentance. Godly sorrow worketh repentance. It is not repentance. It brings us to the place where we do that about face, where we confess what is wrong and we begin to pursue that that is right. It, it is a it is a hundred and eighty degree about face. Hallelujah. Amen. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Praise God. I like what Matthew Henry said as we close this morning's sermon today. Those who sow in the tears of godly sorrow shall reap in the joy of a sealed pardon and a settled peace. I, w- I want to read that again. Those who sow in the tears of godly sorrow shall reap in the joy of a sealed pardon and a settled peace. They that sow in tears, you see, shall have a harvest in joy. If you found yourself in the grip of this world, tragedy can turn to triumph. If you turn your heart toward home, you can sing the Lord's song again. Hallelujah. I I, I like this. We we had a, a meeting not long ago where I was able to minister and, 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 and it was by satellite and it went to Nigeria. And 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 I'm so glad to be able to be right here in America and because of the media reach Christians and people in general in Nigeria. This is a Nigerian giving his testimony. I'm going to try a name here. I'll probably get it wrong with apologies. 
Imidiong from Nigeria. Imidiong. Hi, everybody, he says. I want to share this testimony to the glory of God and to the shame of the devil. The Bible says that whatsoever the enemy has intended for evil in our lives, God will turn it around for our good. Last year, December, the devil attacked me with sickness. But to the glory of God, I have been healed by the stripes of Jesus. Secondly, the devil tried to come between me and my fiancé to hinder our marital plans. But to God be the praise, I have victory in Jesus' name. There is nothing God cannot do. He has redeemed me, restored me, removed my transgressions from me. And now he's put a, oh, are you listening? He's put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise unto our God. Many will see it and put their trust in the Lord of hosts. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, let me read that again. Many will see it and put their trust in the Lord of hosts. To you who has been believing God for a miracle, Keep on holding on to Jesus. Your joy has come. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Friend of mine, if there's something in the way of being meat for the Master's use, if there's something in our heart, in our life, that is in the way of the joy of the Lord becoming our strength and our testimony, I'm going to tell you, God is waiting to hear us. Call upon Him. Confess that sin. Get that weight out of the way. Praise God so we can run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Oh, dear friend of mine today, how, 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 how literally in the world and in the church world did repentance get such a, a bad connotation? The devil knows he's not mighty enough with all the cohorts and minions of hell and demons. He is not mighty enough to defeat the well-armored believer. When we get in the prayer arena and fight the good fight of faith and intercede, the weapons of our warfare are no longer carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. He knows he can't hold out if we stand firm, stand true. Having done all, stand. Praise God. He knows God wants to save the worst sinner in the world. The Apostle Paul said among sinners, he considered himself chief, and yet he found grace and he found forgiveness, and he found restoration, and he found a call to ministry of all people. Amen. The great persecutor of the church and holding the cloaks of them that kill the first martyr for the sake of the gospel, egging them on, participating with them in that sense, was the Apostle Paul. And yet, he kept the faith. He embraced the faith, became a champion for the faith. <laughs> Hallelujah. God, oh, someone said you can't turn 
Sal's ears into a silk purse. Let me tell you something about our God. The things that are impossible with men are possible with God. You may think you're too wicked to be saved. You're too evil for God to, God to forgive. You are dead wrong because where sin abounds, grace is much more abounding and much more offered. That's why, that's why the writer of amazing grace, a slave traitor who had committed horrible sins, he was taken back at what God could do and would do if someone would truly repent of their sin and receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Amazing grace, amazing grace. Oh, today, I believe it is harvest time. Christian, I believe it's time to raise your eyes and look upon the fields today and to pray the Lord of the harvest that He would send laborers and then get our lives cleansed by the blood of Jesus, cleansed by the washing of water by the Word, that we might be vessels of honor, meet for the Master's use. And I guarantee you, the Holy Spirit in you, just like the Holy Spirit in me, will be released that out of our belly, where He has been deposited and lives, <laughs> hallelujah, our innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Praise God. Oh, friend, this is a day when God is calling His people to repentance that He might restore us and that He might use us to reach a last day harvest that will be lost if we let it go. A mighty revival is available. And we're the key. And we can, we can let God move in our lives and through our lives today. And I pray that you will in the name of Jesus. Once again, if you don't know Him, it's not too late. It's not too dark. The prison is not too strong for you to go free. Come to Christ. Confess your sin. Receive Him as your Savior. <laughs> Hallelujah. And He will abundantly pardon you in Jesus' name.